What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another great episode of Facts and Stats. It is now episode 78. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and tell a friend about everything that we got going on here. As you see on the screen, his at name is on the screen. I'm going to allow him to introduce himself, and we're going to go ahead and get started. What's up, y'all? Uh, it's Chris Williamson. Uh, I am a sports anchor and reporter at Sportsnet New York. I've been doing it for almost four years there. I've uh, been in the business uh, since 20, 2015, and you know, right now, we got a lot to talk about in the NBA. Uh, not that many great things going on <laughs> basketball-wise, you know, for the Knicks. Uh, but clearly, uh, I'm happy to be here, and it's a pleasure to be with you, man. All right. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on again. So we're going to go ahead and jump straight into it. You said you are a sports reporter, so I just want to know, like, a little bit of background. How did you get into that, and then how far do you see yourself going? You know, I, I see myself, you know, making it to a national network one day, you know, doing what I love. You know, the goal is to create stories and inspire people to live out their best dreams through, you know, my passion and my work. But I got into the business because I suck so bad at basketball uh, that I had to give up that dream and focus on talking about sports. Okay. That, that was my next dream. Um, so that's how I got into it because, look, I did everything you could imagine going to basketball camps, getting shot doctors, yeah. uh, the whole nine yards, practicing, you know, in my backyard, wherever I could find a, a hoop or, you know, dribbling exercises. And the Lord told me, you ain't fit. You ain't fit for playing <laughs> basketball. So I got cut from JV team, my high school, or my sophomore year of high school. And when I got cut then, I was like, all right, you need to pour your resources and your energy into something else because you're not going to make it in the NBA, let alone high school or okay. even college. Right. Uh, and that's when I made the pivot to stay connected to the game by talking about it. Okay. Uh, that's a well pivot. Um, I sort of kind of had that same aspirations or dreams. Um, I even have a basketball tattoo. You know, I love the game okay. so much. Um, but then I sort of kind of made that pivot myself towards uh, my senior year in high school. I just strictly wanted to talk about the game. And I just love it so much. I, me being talking about it makes me happy as well as much as playing it. Um, yeah. But – Thank you again, Chris, for coming on. We're going to go ahead and jump straight into it. Uh, Philly, man, I want to talk to you about the Philadelphia 76ers before we wind down around the NBA. What was your initial reaction when the trade went down about two weeks ago, the Harden for um, Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and Andre Drummond? My initial reaction was, hey, look, both players, you know, in Harden and Simmons got out of places, got out of teams where they didn't want to be anymore. Right. Right. So they're happy, and the Nets and the, the Sixers were happy uh, because they both got great players. Now, I thought what was really interesting is how the Nets were able to get Seth Curry in that deal uh, because that's something they desperately needed. Another shooter, given the fact that Joe Harris, who knows when that brother's coming back, right? right. right? <laughs> uh, and, you know, they throw in Andre Drummond as well, but I thought that was a really big key piece. And then also... I'm wondering, uh, you know, how Ben or how Joel and, and Harden are going to work, right? Right on paper, it looked good, but I'm just trying to figure out, is the ball, is there going to be enough ball to go around, you know, between these two? And clearly, uh, they have shown that they can share the ball and and be dynamic, you know, in the first three games that they've, they've played together. Um, but, yeah, I was like, okay, this can work uh, for Joel and, and, and Harden, but – I wasn't entirely too sure. 
I didn't know what version of Harden we would get. And right. we see that Hammy uh, healed up rather quickly. Right. And he, he baller, you know. <laughs> right. That's what he was using to get out of Brooklyn, um, that yeah. hamstring thing. Uh, but now, um, so now, like you said, we've seen the first three games uh, where Harden had 27, 29, 26, and B, 34, 37, 27. And then Maxi, who has been, he's he been having a good season as well, averaging 17 for the season. But in those three games with the two, um, he, uh, he had 28, 21, and 25. Now, my question to you is before I ask you how far do you think Philly can go, is it any type of concern that Maxi is looking more so like the third perennial score next to them instead of Tobias? No, it doesn't, right? Because I think as long as he's able to stay consistent and Tobias can give you a little bit something more than he has been, you know, mm -hmm. during this season, I think the rest will take care of itself. Now, if Tobias doesn't give you anything and he's just a liability out there, that's when I worry because we're not sure if that's going to be enough firepower, you know, the three of them. It right. should be, but you just never know, depending on the different teams that they play. But no, I'm not worried. The You know, the stars will rise to the crop, you know, they'll rise to the top. And that's what Tyrese Maxey is doing right now. If Tobias ain't fit for that anymore, then so be it. Somebody has to play that third scoring role. And if it's Tyrese, I don't care. I mean, Tobias is getting paid, you know, a lot more money than Maxey is. So if you're looking at it that way, you rather the player that you have more investment in to produce more. Right. But hey, if you, if Tyrese Maxey is your third option and he's reliable, like we've seen in these three games, specifically with Harden and Embiid, you're gonna take that. Mm -hmm. No question, no questions. I definitely understand where you're coming from. So like, where do you see Philly going in this Eastern Conference? I see. Yeah, and I know I, it's I hard think, to say right now. It's only March. Things are going to get spicy right. around April and whatnot. But where, where Listen, you at right now with it? I I think they they have a shot to get to the final, the Eastern Conference Finals. Right? Mm -hmm. I think they they have a legitimate shot if they keep playing this way against really good teams. Because let's not forget, two of the games, well, two of the, the three Knicks, games yeah. they played uh, against were the Knicks. Knicks, yeah. <laughs> and we know how the Knicks are this year. I forget the uh, the other team. That they played, um, yeah. Forget the first first game that they played. It was the Timberwolves. The, I is, think. the yeah, Timberwolves. That's right. It was the Timberwolves. Yeah, you're not playing these world beaters or the perennial powers. Mm -hmm. So let me see them against the Bucks. Let me see them against um, Miami. Let me see them against a healthy Brooklyn squad. Mm -hmm. Right. Then I think we'll have a better understanding of how far they could go. But here, here's what I think. You could have them in the Eastern Conference Finals, and you could also have them being bounced out in the second round. That's just how I think these things can go. It's so fickle and up in the air. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if they they made it to the finals, and it wouldn't surprise me if they also get bounced out in the yeah. second round uh, because we know Philly uh, has had some issues closing out series as of late. Especially Doc Rivers. Um, well, yeah, right. His Doc whole Rivers career, in particular. Much, you know, <laughs> towards the last 10 years or whatnot. <laughs> Um, yeah. And that's interesting. You know, the, the Eastern Conference is loaded. Um, and I want to touch yeah. to you about another Eastern Conference team who who's currently sitting second in, second in the Eastern Conference as well. The 39 and 23. Um, we know the run DeRozan was just on, pretty much still on. Levine is, you know, sort of kind of getting back to himself a little bit. He was hurt. They're still missing Lonzo and Caruso. But the Chicago Bulls, are they pretenders or are they more so like uh, they're just there? They're playing good. You know, they're not going to be only going to be a regular season team. Until I see it. In the playoffs, I will call them 
a re- they're just a regular season team, right? Because we don't know how we don't we haven't seen this makeup of guys play in the postseason where, as you know, the game slows down. There's so many different schematic strategies or schemes that coaches pull out and players as well during the postseason that they don't do during the regular season. Right. I will say this, though. The fact that they are second in the East, as you said, Impressive. with all these injuries, mm-hmm. Lonzo, Caruso, you know, they're missing Levine for a little bit as well. Um, DeMar has been the main focal point. He has been the centerpiece of this team, keeping them afloat. Even in games where they would lose sometimes, they were taking teams down to the wire. Right? Like even uh, it was a, a while back or so uh, against the Bucks, It was only DeRozan and – oh, they know that. I think they had Caruso too. Yeah. And that's when Grayson Allen hit him. But the point is they didn't have all the star pieces and they were hanging with one of the best teams in the East, the defending champs. So I think they're for real. I just don't know how they're going to fare in the postseason. Okay. So, I mean, obviously only two teams make the Eastern conference finals. And in my eyes, it's four teams that have a legit, well, it can be six teams that have a legit shot at it. Eastern conference is pretty deep this season. But the four favorites that I would say around amongst of the leads or reporters or whatnot, Miami, Milwaukee, Philly, and um, Brooklyn. Do you think Chicago has any chance at overcoming any of those teams in a series? If you had to pick one team you feel like Chicago could possibly beat, who would it be? One team that I think Chicago could beat out of those three, so Miami, Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee. Um, honestly, if it's none, you can say none, you know? <laughs> Nah, because they've been really, they've been really good. So I, I can't just toss them aside and be like, yeah, they can't beat any of those in a series. I would say probably the I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the Nets just Ooh. because. Ooh. And the reason why is because I don't know what type of Ben Simmons we're getting. We still haven't seen that brother on the floor. He's got back issues. That delayed his comeback, right? Right. Kyrie, this whole thing with the uh, mandate being rolled back, he's still not able to play. So who knows if he'll be able to play in the off or play home games in the postseason? Mm-hmm. Um, and then KD, I worry. Excuse me, I worry about his his health because he's he's not had serious injuries, you know, the past couple of years coming off that Achilles tear. But he's missed a lot of games, or he's missed a decent amount of games um, where you're thinking. Is he going to be able to hold up for the rest of the way? Mm. Um, so that would be the team I would say they would probably um, they could take on, just okay. because of those factors. Now, healthy, if you got everybody playing well, then I don't know. I don't think they might not be able to beat any of them, <laughs> you know. Um, but with the unknowns about the Nets, that's the team I, I would go with. Okay, real quick before we switch to the Western Conference. Um, so this team is rolling as well as of late as well. So say, for example, standing shifted out to where Chicago and Boston plays in a series. How do you think that series will come about? You know Tatum and Brown. Um, they have two Eastern, two Eastern Conference Finals under their belt. Um, they're pretty much a good team. They're rolling right now. Derek White was a great addition to, to that team as well. Um, how do you think that matchup will go? Oh, I mean, they're playing a lot better defense. And right. we, we've seen them take on or we've seen them overcome, you know, the – the brutal stretch that they were in to begin the year for sure. Uh, and people were talking about, you know, they need to break up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'm, you know, I think they're one of those teams where it's like, it was like the, I won't say the Raptors cause they were 
usually get the one seed and then they get smacked by LeBron. But I don't see them being able to, you know, go all the way, definitely not going all the way. And I also think that when it comes to them matching up against the Bulls, um, there might be some deficiencies, you know, in the low post. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't trust the Celtics, man. Mm. That That's, that's what it comes down to. Mm. I like what they've done. I like what, you know, um, Ime has done, uh, the head coach there yeah. and how he's yeah. been able to, uh, you know, rally the troops after some, some really tough losses, but yeah, just something about Boston where I, I just not sold. So I, I would have to go with Chicago. Okay. Okay. Thank you. For what that. about um, you? We're going to go ahead and take it to the West side really quickly. Um, I think he's pretty much, well, we all see him coming, you know, he's full fledged putting the league on storm now and pretty much like, Hey, I'm in my third year, but I, I can for sure be MVP in this league this season right now, if need be. Um, John Moran, I'm referring to, he carried, not single-handedly him by himself, but he has the Grizzlies at the third seed in the Western Conference. Um, they're pretty much having a great season, they're 43-20. Uh, how do you feel that season is going for the Grizzlies? Do you think they can really make some real noise in that Western Conference? We know last year they got bumped up by the Utah 4-1. So how do you think they're coming back this year with vengeance? Honestly, I, I think they can... They can beat the Jazz. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I really think they can beat the Jazz this year, and they could. I would not be shocked, you know, if they made it to the the Western Conference Finals. They mm -hmm. are, I forget the number, the exact number, but they're not that far behind from the Warriors for that two seed. And I know part of that is because the Warriors have not been without, or they've been without Draymond Green for a significant period of time. And he is the anchor to their defense, uh, but you still got Steph, you still got Clay, you got you got Wiggins, you know what I'm saying? You got Otto Porter, and Poole, and uh, Gary Payton the second. But yeah, I, I think they could make some real noise because we've seen. Look at the job that Jaron Jackson Jr. has done. Right? Yeah. Some people see him, you know, as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You know, averaging I think 16, 17 points a game. Mm -hmm. um, and you got Dylan Brooks, who's you know steady force as well. Uh, but Ja makes that team go. He is the focal point, and he's really improved his three-point shooting, which was something he didn't do that well uh, when he came into the league right. and still wasn't that great last year. The fact that he adds a three-point shot to his game and he can be reliable in addition to all those high-flying dunks and, and mesmerizing passes and plays, I do believe uh, they can make some deep noise. They can make a lot of noise this year. It's going to be tough because they don't really have, they don't have any uh, championship pedigree. Right. Um, unless right. I'm forgetting somebody on the roster who's won a championship, uh, you know, still young and inexperienced. But that's what you want. They got nothing to lose. Nobody's expecting them to win, uh, you know, the West or uh, the finals, if right. that. Because you got Phoenix, who everybody expects to be in the finals, and then the Warriors as well. Utah, I'm, you know, so I'm not, but. But what about Denver, though? Obviously, we know Michael Porter and Jamal are coming back um, pretty much by the postseason or later this month for uh, Michael Porter. I don't know about Jamal. But how do you think Denver would be hold, hold up with the Western Conference teams? I think Denver, if they if they get Jamal, look, they're not, they're not going to make that much. They're not going to do too much damage without Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. Right. Right. And then let's say you add those two back to the mix. Again, like I said with Ben Simmons, what type of versions of these players are we getting? Mm. Are we getting 
Jamal Murray in the bubble? Is that what we're getting? Are we getting Michael Porter Jr. when he was at his peak? If if we are, then I honestly can see them competing for a Western Conference final spot. Yeah. Because sure. we see what the job we see the job that uh Nikola Jokic has done. But I won't say by himself, but pretty much, yeah. Been by himself. Yeah, pretty he much. Don't got nobody. <laughs> and, and and dog, he is one of the leaders for the MVP candidacy right. without two of their best players. That just speaks to his greatness and the value that he brings to the team. But yeah, I think Denver, I think Denver with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, in addition to Jokic and all their other guys, uh, they can make a run. I just don't know if they're going to. I don't believe I don't believe they will make it to the NBA Finals this year. Okay. I, I don't I don't think so, that's going to happen. So later on in this episode, after a couple more of my questions, I'm pretty much going to try to get a straightforward answer out of you. Who do you have winning the finals and why? You're you're pretty much you're shouting out some good teams. Obviously, there's a lot of good teams in the league, but you're not giving me a I'll go with this or I'll go with that. So I'm gonna save that later on for the episode. Um, my next question to you is not that we're on the topic still before I switch it over to the Lakers. Um, this been going around ESPN or floating around Twitter, and I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, okay, uh, just a second, I got it. Yeah, no problem. Sorry. No problem. Okay, so uh, just like I said, there was a question floating around Twitter and ESPN. I think they talked about it on some of the shows or whatnot. John Morant, third season in the league compared to Derrick Rose, third season in the league where he won MVP. Who do you feel like, I'm pretty sure you watched Derrick Rose as well, who do you feel like was the better young player in, in those particular season, that particular season? John Moreno, Derrick Rose. Woo. Listen, John's been special for these Grizzlies. Um, and there's no telling, you know, how much better he can get. But the the run that Derrick Rose was on, and because he won the MVP in uh, 2011, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was that was remarkable. Just every every game he was doing something where you're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> how, how did he do that? You know, there was no there was no stopping him. And he played. And it's funny because he played with a team that had horrible spacing. Yeah, yeah true, gut, atrocious spacing. Because you got Joe Kimno out there. You got the Wall Dang. You know what I'm saying? You got Toskis. <laughs> like all these guys uh, that couldn't that couldn't really shoot at all. Uh, so I, I would have to go with Derrick Rose. Even though uh, John Morant's putting up a, a great fight, but I, I think Derrick Rose is a guy who I would who I would side with. What about you? Man, I'm I'm at the age 25, um, so you know uh, the thing the thing about Derrick Rose. When I was seeing Derrick Rose come up, and I was seeing everything that he was doing, even down to college when he was doing his thing um, at Memphis. It, it was just, it, the way he approached the game, it was something like we just never seen before. The way he attacked the basket downhill, the way he finished around the rim, the way he was catching alley-oop dunks. It's real similar to what Ja is doing now. But yes. Derrick Rose literally made you feel like, man, I, we can't check him. We can't stop him. I watched him play against Miami in um in the playoffs. Even his rookie season playoffs against the Boston. That was legendary. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and Miami had no answer for Derrick Rose. Uh, but... John Morant, man, it's just it's it's different. You, you know, you're six three, you're leading the league yeah. in in points in the paint as a point guard. You're yeah. shooting fifty percent from the field at that, and then you like you said, you upped your three point shooting as well. And he's don't get me wrong, Memphis has a good team, but 
if you look back at it, Chicago had a better roster probably than what Memphis has currently. Um, Joe Keem, defensive player yeah. of the year, talks. You right. know, he was there a year in and year out. Carlos Booza, well-respected from the mid-range. Yeah, that's right, Carlos. Well-respected yeah. down low. Luol Dang, um, Kirk Heinrich. He even played with Ben Gordon. You know, um, yeah. John Morant literally just came in and said, okay, they moved Mike Conley. You know, Zach Randolph yeah. is gone. Mark Gasol is gone. This is my team. I'm going to carry him now. You know, he did that. Um, I think John Morant is... If I had to strictly compare year three and year three, although Derrick Rose won MVP, Derrick Rose was with LeBron James and Kobe and KD, but Jaws in a time to where, like, if Jokic and Embiid weren't doing what they're doing, he'd probably be the MVP. Just think about that. I mean, the 43 oh. and 20, third seed, you know, he's having a hell of a season. He'll probably win MVP. Just that Jokic and Embiid is just doing something that we haven't seen in a long, long, long time, you know, um, especially from the big man position. We're only, like, we've seen DeMarcus Cousins, Dwight Howard, um, but we haven't seen too many centers over the past 10 to 15 years, literally average over 27, 28 points per game. Like it's nothing, you know? Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. Don't, <laughs> so don't I think. Giannis in, don't forget Giannis in that mix too. Yeah. Giannis, um, yeah, Giannis, Giannis been, been dominated as well. Yeah, but here's so. a, actually, I find that interesting. You said that because I believe people are, even despite the fact that, you know, Jokic and Embiid and Giannis are, you know, at the top of the MVP rate, I feel like there's not as much coverage about them. Because they are, they're doing the things we're accustomed Jokic. to seeing them do. Yeah, but well, that well, Jokic, it's like, yeah, this dude's been ball. He was balling last year. He won MVP last year, and now he's taking his game to another level because of the the injuries that they've had. And you don't hear as much about him, um, you know, or it's like people get fatigued, you know, voting somebody twice in a row. But yeah, if those three guys. We're not doing what they were doing. Ja would easily be the MVP, for ha- sure. hands down. For sure. One is coming from, but yeah, I will side with Ja. Thank you for asking me that question back. Um, my last one of my last questions that I have for you, man. I love LeBron. You know, um, I I didn't really care for the move to LA too much. Um, I just wanted to see him do his own thing, but that's where he wanted to be. Um, they won a championship in a bubble. People call it a bubble fluke. Uh, but they they traded for Russell Westbrook and it just it just didn't look like the best decision at all. Um, they're sitting at twenty seven and thirty four, three and seven in their last ten, and they're currently the ninth seed. Do you think the Lakers have any chance at turning this thing around? And also, if you were the head coach or the GM, you know, how would you what would you do exactly in this sort of kind of situation where you just have LeBron and Westbrook and a bunch of guys that's pretty much out there nightly? Well, you'd have to make some tough decisions as far as your lineups. Their lineups have been a complete mess all year long. And they're, and the role players have been inconsistent. One minute, you know, THT is hot, right? You know, he's going off against the Bucks early in the year, showing that he should be a starter. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a start, I think, a few times. And we've seen a big dip yeah. in his progression yeah, as a sure. player, you know? Um same thing. I mean, Austin Reeves. You know, he's a rookie, un- undrafted. Uh, showed some great flat. Has showed some great flat. Stanley Johnson as well. Um, so, as far as what I would do, man, there, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I I do think, it, um, bringing Russ off the bench would mm-hmm. help in terms of spacing. You know, when LeBron is not out there, uh, so get that second unit going, and he drives the drives the engine there um you would love to ad to come back uh before the season ends who knows what's going to happen there 
But you always have a chance with LeBron. Right. That even though uh, he's pretty high up there in age mm-hmm. at, at this point in his career, and he doesn't, you can tell he doesn't have the legs and the stamina that he once did, even though he's still playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have a they have a shot. It's not a good shot, um, but they they just have to look themselves in the mirror. I think you know many people have said this. they have to do some soul searching and push aside their egos and say, look, we we're not trying to you know go out uh, where we don't even make the playoffs and we've got everybody booing us at home. Right. <laughs> that, that's not that's not what the Laker Nation is about. That's not what they want. So Frank Vogel though he got to make some better better adjustments like i said get russ off the bench you know bring him off the bench as a six man or whatever and you have to make sure that lebron it's really tough bro because lebron has to shoulder the load yeah um, still at this point you can't who you relying on to carry the load that's healthy because it was supposed to be ad Mm -hmm. that man is always getting free injuries and it's sad to say but it's he he's not reliable, you know, yeah. as far as being on the court. So yeah, they have a chance to make a run for the play-in game. Uh, and Frank Vogel doesn't have that many options because his roster isn't isn't that talented. Right, um, and I definitely agree with you. Um, the main what thing you that you said, the main thing that well, you said, oh, what were you saying? No, what? So what would you do though? What like what adjustments would you make, uh, or and- if you're Frank Vogel? So if I was Frank Vogel, um, and to piggyback off you said first first decision easily runs off the bench. Um, as yeah. soon as the trade went down, I, I was so disappointed because I, I didn't get where they were going with it. I mean, I understand you don't want Dennis anymore, you don't yeah. want Harold, um, you didn't yeah. want Drummond anymore, and KCP Kuzma whatever they can go. You know, I get right. that. Um, Kuzma probably not, Caruso probably not. They should have kept them two at least. Yes, Caru- Yes, I agree. Yeah, you know they should have kept them two at least. Uh, but now they put themselves in a tough tough situation. You got to sit back and think about it. So. The rumors and the speculations, obviously, they all came out. Buddy Hill, he's going to L.A. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I like that. You know? Then an hour or two later, they just did a whole 360 and said, you know, we're going to get Westbrook instead. Um, you know, not a problem. You know, I, at the time, I didn't like it. I still never did like it. I never seen it changing at all. Uh, because when you look at Westbrook game and you pair it with LeBron's game, how does it match? You know, this is not young LeBron. This is not young Westbrook. Westbrook, yeah. don't get me wrong, still has the same athleticism. LeBron still has the same athleticism. But when you pair them on the court together, how can they benefit one another? You know, the best thing that they can do is when Westbrook is attacking to the basket and LeBron does a back cut. Or he yeah. he follows up and cuts to the basket as well and Westbrook would dish it off to him. That's the, the only time I see them look effective on the court together. Um, yeah. Or not, Westbrook, he's just too much of a liability, man. Um, So what I would do is I would take Westbrook, put him on the bench. Um. And if I had, they have, they signed so many guys, man. It's just, you know, it's, it's deep to think about. Um, they're missing Kendrick now, but LeBron yeah. obviously be, be my one. Wow, they don't even have a big man because no Anthony Davis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dwight, you know, so. Yeah, Dwight you know, out there. You know, so uh, Dwight, he, he's, he's he's off and on with him. Um, they, they just yeah. messed up the rotation a lot, man, because one minute they were starting DeAndre Jordan. They were starting Ariza, Reeves, uh, yeah. Stanley, you know, so. Um, yeah. But. To answer the question, if I had to do something, Westbrook off the bench, I would go with LeBron at the one. Yeah. Or whatever big man position. I would be forced to start Dwight Howard. Um, yeah. And then I like Stanley Johnson. Um, and I, I would too. go with Malik Monk. And then I'd probably yeah. go with Reza as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah I would let good. Westbrook and Reeves come ignite my bench. THT ignite my bench um, to see if they yeah. can do something together. You know. Um, but 
other than that, man, and, and Melo off the bench as well. Right. Other than that, they're they're a little too limited. But to 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 stay on the topic as far as the, being a playing team or a playoff team, last year, for example, obviously it's not the same team. But LeBron and AD was up two one on the Suns. You know, if they fall, if they if they're going to be a playing team, most likely, which they are, they're going to fall at the eighth seven eighth or seventh seed, and they're going to play the Warriors or the Lakers, Warriors or the Suns, regardless. Um, I don't think they want to play either one of those teams, but no. if they had to choose, probably the Suns. Um, I think yeah. they they probably will fear the Warriors more than the Suns. Um, yeah. so we'll see, man. But, well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I they'll fear the Warriors more than the Suns because the Lakers they don't have no defense. You know, and don't get me wrong, Warriors and Suns both do a lot of off ball movements, but Clay and Curry combined are going to get ten threes up a game. Um, right. And who knows if they're hot? They're hot. Wiggins, who's been yep. Obviously, up this game for a three-point range this season, and Draymond is going to be back to anchor that offense and defense as well. So, right, maybe they even have Wilden back for the playoffs as well. So, hey, we'll see. Right. Um, my last question for you though, uh, Chris, and again, thank you so much for coming on and helping me out today. Yeah, Who no do you problem. have coming out the Eastern Conference, and why? Now, this is I the have... point to where you just got to give me that straightforward answer, man. Who you got coming out, and why? Milwaukee Bucks. They're going to get Brooke Lopez back. They're going to get Pat Connaughton back. Two vital parts of their team as far as shooting and defensive uh, standpoint, um, respectively. Mm-hmm. And you have Giannis, top five player in the game. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. They'll be lights out. And the champs are not. They're going to repeat, right? That's what I have coming out the East. Okay. My next question, who do you have coming out the Western Conference and why? Coming out the Western Conference, I have the Phoenix Suns. What more can be said about the job that uh, Chris Paul has done before he got injured, Devin Booker? They've been playing at elite levels. Devin, you could argue, should be in the MVP race as well uh, nice. because of the way he's carried uh, some of the load and improved his game. And DeAndre Ayton, right? Everybody has taken that next step. DeAndre sure. Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The list goes on and on. Um, so that's who I feel like that's, that's who – I would pick to go from the Western Conference, and that's why. Okay. I'm not sure if you said Milwaukee will repeat, but we do know Phoenix was up 2-0 last season before Giannis pretty much happened. If they were to meet again, do you think Chris Paul and Devin Booker would be on get back or what? You know, I think that, no, I don't think Chris Paul. (laughs) And I think the game, I think the series will go seven games. Okay. Right. I don't think it'll be. I think it'll go back and forth. One team wins one game, then the other team comes back. I don't think any team's going to be up 2-0. Uh, but I, I don't I don't trust it. We've seen them fall, the Suns, that is, in big moments where they've sh- shrunk, specifically CP. Um, in some of those, I forget the exact game, but some of those games. So I think I think the Bucks are going to handle them in, in seven games. What What about you? Who do you have coming out of East and, and Western Conference? Um. Man, 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 man. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I support the Miami Heat. Um, I love the Miami Heat. But if I had to get down to it, I'm going to go ahead and say Philly this year, man. Um, Because we have to sit back and think about it. Every time, well, obviously, when all this shifting happened that LeBron started um, outside of Chris, uh, Ray Allen, Paul, Paul Pierce, and KG. And so anytime two top ten players were on the same team, they won the championship together. That's yep. LeBron and Wade. Um, Curry and KD, obviously, LeBron and Anthony Davis. And and now we're looking at Harden and Embiid. 
and they complement each other so yeah. well. I, I, my eyes been glued to the TV all three games they played. They complement each other so well. So when I know, like you said, playoffs come around where teams lock in and schemes yeah. are different and things are different. Nothing can nothing you do is going to be able to stop Harden and Embiid. You know, Maxi is a downhill guy. He's fast. He plays with the ball yeah. fast. You know, when Harden kicks it to Maxi in transition or just anything off a of pick and roll or anything like that with Embiid, he's just too fast to stop. And he has one of the best floater games in the league, um, which yeah. a lot of people don't pay attention to. So I'm gonna go ahead and side with Philly, man. I think they have the teams to come out the East this year. Thibel, who I love that he's starting now. Um, he's yeah. he, he's anchoring that defense. He's he's being a yep. pest. He's being annoying. Um, and Tobias and Embiid. You know they they have a good team, man. I, I'm siding with them to come out. It's gonna be on Niang and Korkmaz to. To hit their outside yep. shots coming off that bench for them to be I super agree. effective. Um, so I'm going with Philly. And in the West, I think when it comes down to it, man, I think last year was the Suns' chance. I'm not saying that was their only chance, but it was their best chance. You know, when Curry and Clay and Curry, who's been in a slump this season, but, you know, um, as of late, I should say. Um, yeah. No Draymond, but when Curry, Clay, and Draymond and um, Wiggins, Kaminga, shout out to him. He's hooping as a rookie. Um, you know, that when they have that whole team going, I just think that the Warriors are going to be too much for anybody, man. Um, so I think Philly and the Warriors will meet in the finals. And then again, I'm going with Philly. I I, I can easy, I can confidently say I think Philly will win it all this year. I know it's early. People like to say the trade just happened. You know, give it to next right. season or whatnot. But no, I'm going with Philly this year. I like them to win it all. Okay. All right. Yeah, you, better, you better tell Doc Rivers not to choke that thing up. My <laughs> <laughs> uh, last... My last question to you, Chris. Who do you have winning the MVP this season? The MVP? Ooh. Oh, man. I, my my favorite player is, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm biased there. I want him to win another one. That being said, if I had to give the MVP award right now, probably you'd have to say Joel Embiid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that's who I would go with. Okay. Because that man is terrorizing everybody inside the paint, mid range, fade away, stepping out, three point shot. Yeah. That's what makes him, you know, to your point, that's what makes Philly so hard to stop now because they have all these guys, even big men, who can come out at the perimeter in addition to Arden, Tyrese Maxey, you know what I'm saying, Thibel. Uh so yeah, Joel Embiid is who I would say would win the MVP if the, the race ended today. Okay, I, I side there with you. I've been there on, on since pretty much the beginning of the season. But, Chris, most importantly, thank you so much for coming on Fact and Stats today. It was a great episode, 78. Any last thing you got to say? Uh, nah, man, just keep doing your thing. Really love the dialogue and conversation. And, uh, you know, can't wait to do it again uh, sometime in the future. All right, thank you so much, man. You have a good one. All right, you too, man.